I forgot that there's this whole period beyond that where it's not just about getting the website ready and making it look pretty or populating the blog with content or reserving your username on Twitter and Facebook. You know, it's it's after that that the real hard work begins, the proper slog, the making money, the turning your idea into a viable business. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Paddy. How are you? How's it going? Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, just uh, I've just to feel a little bit burnt out this week, but oh, yeah? um, I'm getting on top of stuff. One thing I did was made a list of all of my domain names I own, and I'm going to get ruthless, Paddy. I'm going mm-hmm. to get ruthless, and if they're projects that I've maybe kept up with for a couple of months and then not looked at them again, I'm going to. I'm going to get my digital affair in order and um, kind of downsize everything because I feel that I'm, I've got a lot of, I don't know, digital clutter. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely to me, I've got a bunch of domain names that I've, you know, had ideas for for projects that sound really exciting and, and you buy a domain name because it's super easy to, to it, it's it's sort of cheating. It feels like it's a little bit of work towards actually working on a cool new project but it's not really it's just it's just registering the domain name and and you you have it there but it's yeah I have so many that you end up doing nothing with and I've renewed so many that oh my god it was a year ago that I you know thought of that idea and registered domain name and haven't done anything with it I think that'll be a good rule to set for myself in, in the future like if it comes around a year after I've I've had the idea and registered the domain name and I haven't done anything towards it then I should just let it go Yeah, well, one of the pieces of advice that you gave on another episode, which I am definitely going to um, employ, was that actually if you start a project, even if it is something as simple as a a blog, the kind of domain should be the last thing that you buy so that you don't end up with this massive backlog of unused domains, which at the end of the day, the the cost of them all stacks up as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I said that but, on, on but, the podcast, yeah. That sounds very wise. Yeah, you said, um, yeah, just kind of don't don't go out and buy the domain name. Wait <laughs> until you've, you know, got other things done first. Good advice. So I'm sure it'll feel a bit better once I downsize everything. But how are you this week? I'm all good, yeah. It's a busy week for me as well, hectic. But uh, I'm eager to get started on, the, on recording the show this week. It's been... Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun in our uh, Slack chat room as well, talking with the, the listeners. I, I think it's quite it's quite a nice way to take the show a bit further than just this half an hour and putting it out there and and talking a bit on Twitter with people. It's you can really go in depth on the in the chat room with with listeners and what their what their thoughts about the about the show is and future topics and things like that. So yeah, if you want to join in in the chat, you should send us an email on info at workingoutpodcast dot com. Yeah, I think with a podcast, it sometimes feels that you're talking at people, whereas this way folk have really got involved in in the discussion. And I saw that two people have even decided to be each other's accountability partners. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've I been... I love that. Yeah, the, the, that was cool. And I think they had their, their first week of being accountability partners for each other uh, just passed. So they've been kind of keeping us updated on on how that's going. And they said it's been a really... It's a, been a really good thing to... to get involved with and that's helped their help their working process so yeah i love that so get involved but this week's episode mm-hmm. is what well, we're talking about what happens after after you ship 
um, because, well, I, I have this morning routine, okay? Um, I'm sure you'll approve of it because it begins with making myself a cup of black coffee using my AeroPress. Best approve. 20 pounds I've ever spent. Mm. Yeah, that, that was based on your recommendation, actually. So good shout. And I, um, I open Pocket on the, the iPad, which is this app I use to save all of these kind of articles I found throughout the day that I want to read later. And I use this quiet morning time to kind of tackle this backlog of articles, sort of startup, um, business-related articles, case studies, um, about maybe how a certain marketing technique tripled sales overnight, of course, or how somebody's unassuming side project was acquired by Google for millions of pounds. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of these articles, they're really interesting to read and they do inspire me, but there's a problem. And that is that these stories that, you know, they're so prominently featured in TechCrunch, these are the ones that we all share on Twitter. They focus on this idea of overnight success, which we've mentioned before, but they make things look very easy and yeah they are uplifting to read maybe they give you a jolt of inspiration but they plant unrealistic expectations about business um these these kind of overnight success stories these highlight reels they bypass the actually bloody harsh reality of launching and running a business so i thought we could we could get real for a minute and discuss what truly happens after you ship you Mm -hmm. with me yeah definitely i think the the real work in a project only begins after you ship something it's it's nice and exciting the first few few weeks or months working on a working on a new project and and designing or developing something that that you've been passionate about and then once you get it out there a lot of people think that that's the that's the end point once you hit ship and put it out there then that's it done for you but that's that's just the beginning and the real work starts you can only start growing a project you know from from the point of of launch and what once people are are starting to use it so you need to you need to keep it alive like just pushing that little boat you've built out there and hoping that it reaches its reaches its destination that i mean that's not going to work so there's a few a few topics and um ideas we've we've thought about here to of things to keep in mind whenever you so in the the weeks and months to come after you've after all the the excitement and and stress of of actually launching something well this is something i was really guilty of doing with um with my business insurance by jack i was in um i was so focused on the development phase of it you know i was so focused on may the 1st i remember i was launching on may the 1st And I just kept focusing on that one date, May 1st, Mm -hmm. May 1st, my launch date, that I actually, I forgot that there's this whole period beyond that where it's not just about getting the website ready and making it look pretty or populating the blog with content or reserving your username on Twitter and Facebook. You know, it's, it's after that that the real hard work begins, the proper slog, the making money, the turning your idea into a viable business. I think it's something a lot of people are probably pretty guilty of. You're so invested in the build up to launch that you actually, you do forget that isn't the end goal. That's just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to, 
you can't let a, a project die. It's a real shame if you put in such a long time working on it. I mean, so many times people just launch something and then that's it. It's it's very rare that a project can survive out there on its own without any guidance and without anybody iterating on it and improving on it. Like sometimes the enthusiasm goes once you ship something and, and you want to work on the next new shiny idea you've got, but and and some projects never have a 2.0 and sometimes that's fine, but I, I don't think you should uh, abandon your product straight away. I mean, you've worked hard on it for for weeks or months and put a lot of time and investment into it only to throw it away once it's once a, a MVP is is completed and the you have to be realistic and the chances are you'll not have an overnight success with it and you'll not have you know hundreds of thousands of customers straight away but you need to you need to actually iterate on it and and grow your product and once you start seeing some real success with it the enthusiasm can can come back for um for it like a different kind of enthusiasm like at the start you have the enthusiasm of it's a a new idea and you're excited about it and you're maybe collaborating with people and that that can um that can be extended once you're actually building it and working on it but i mean if it's something that goes on for a long time and you've been working on this side project or whatever for for years the enthusiasm can can really drop but once you get something out there and people are starting to use it then you get a you get a different sort of enthusiasm then you get the you get built up by the by the reactions that people have and seeing people enjoy your work and then you know then you can start working on a a version two of it to to improve it based on people's um opinions so it's a real shame if you just put something out there and then never look at it again that's something that i feel pretty much with every project I do as soon as I ship it I do kind of lose enthusiasm or just kind of experience this this kind of on a downward actually do yeah. you get that too well yeah it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster whenever you're whenever you're working on something you're particularly passionate about and you you put a lot of time and effort into it and then I mean you have the the worries of you know, what if this isn't good enough and I put it out there and nobody, nobody downloads it or nobody uh, uses my product or if I put it out there and I'm, then it's a total flop or what if I put it out there and, and it's, uh, somebody comes along, there's competition comes along and there's, uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that go through your head and then what if it is a success? I mean, that, that's also something, you know, what if this is a big successful product and then it, it totally takes up all of my time and I can't work on other commitments. I mean, there's lots of things to consider when you're working on your own, on your own products and it, it can be a bit all over the place. And especially if you launch it and it's not this overnight success that you've built up in your own head and you know, you've been reading, I mean, you only hear about the really great stories. You very rarely hear about the 99% of products that, that aren't an overnight success and many products have to be, have to be grown and they're not, you know, instant, um, instant successes. And you have people had to work on them and work on them for weeks and months after they launched the first version before it was a success. So uh, you only hear about the, the tiny percentage of, of products that, that were a big success. And that can kind of, that can make you feel bad if, if, okay, this needs to be what I'm working on. This needs to be a huge success. And I'm putting myself up against all that tiny percentage. And if it's not, then I'll be super disappointed and I'll not want to work on it anymore. So it's, 
yeah, it's a tough kind of yeah emotional roller coaster when you're working on on your own stuff. I think that that post launch low actually has a name. I think it's called. I've I've seen it around the web. I think it's called the Valley of Despair, amongst other things. In fact, maybe you could put when I say the Valley of Despair, you could do an edit that makes it all echoey, like really <laughs> ominous, like a haunted like the house. Valley of Despair. despair. Okay. Okay, anyway, um, yeah, but also I've seen it called like Founder's Despair or mm-hmm. the Trove of Sorrow and it's all the same thing, I believe, where basically you come out of riding that um, shipping high and you hit a low, you know, you've went from being really excited and full of energy about this idea to probably not even wanting to look at a computer or deal with emails. And I know that sounds... Um, dramatic but it's certainly something I usually feel after I ship a project because so much energy goes into shipping something and I'm not just talking about the process of creating it but also facing your vulnerability and putting yourself out there mm-hmm. and usually you know maybe I'm just talking speaking for myself here I don't know but usually when you do launch something it doesn't quite go to plan you know you don't get as many hits as you'd like or not as many people tweet or write about it as you expected or maybe not enough, not as many sales happen, you know, because in your mind, you've been daydreaming about this launch and in your mind, the launch was this parade, you know, you've put a ton of effort into making it look good and generating buzz, but in the end, not many people turned up to appreciate the parade. So you you inevitably lose that high and you begin doubting. And I think that's what that's what I consider to be the kind of trove of sorrow, valley of despair, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you do have a successful launch. Like I consider my email course to have been a successful launch, but I still experience that dip. And I think it's because so much energy goes into getting something out there that when you do eventually ship it, irrespective of the results, you experience exhaustion. Mm-hmm. I think that's something a lot of people feel because they were talking about that in our Slack room as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. And the the losing enthusiasm because of slow sales or, you know, the it didn't meet your expectations. It's a real issue. I mean, it can be quite a downer if you work on something for, for so long and invest a lot of time and effort and, and maybe money into it. And then you launch it and it flops. I mean, instead of getting angry at the project and, and closing your computer and not looking at emails, I mean, it's better if you figured out why that happened. I mean, did you launch it right? Did you launch it at the right time? What market research did you do, if any? Uh, what marketing did you do? You know, ask people why they did or did not buy your product and learn from it. I mean, it's not the end of the world if a, if a project isn't an overnight success. We, you know, we hear these success stories so much that you, you think that every project is like this except yours, but that's very much not the case. And most projects don't succeed instantly. But What's important to remember is that the the story is not over after the first day. I mean, it's really, there's two routes you could take. I mean, the easy route is to say, ah, uh, that project was a failure. Nobody liked it. I'm going to ditch on it. Uh, I'm going to ditch it and start working on something new. I mean, that's that's the easy thing to do. What's hard is the, the second route of, okay, this didn't work, but... Um, it didn't work out quite as I'd planned, but, but why didn't it? You know, what can I change? How can I make it a success? And what was a success about it? I mean, did you get five customers in the first day? And if so, 
you know, reach out to them and ask them what made them buy your product, you know, get talking to them and figure out how to, to grow that loyal audience. And I mean, the first, the first option of going, ah, well, it failed has a very immediate end. And that's, that's the end of the story. But the second route of, you know, why isn't it selling so well right now? What can I improve? I mean, that has a future and maybe eventual success down the line. So yeah, there's an easy way and a hard way to, to look at the post launch situation. If it's a, if it's not meeting your expectations. And I mean, that's another, another big thing is if it's not meeting your expectations, did you have expectations like real uh, expectations at the, before you launched it? So as in, did you set goals to actually strive for? So a lot of people work on, they just work on making the product and, and they get stuck into developing it or, and they get lost in their project and they just work, work, work in order to get it out there. And they forget to have, they forget to establish a goal to measure that their success by. I mean, it's great to ship something, but put a real number on it, like something you think is achievable, like, a hundred sales in the first month, for example, you know, something like that, that then you have something to measure the results by. I mean, if you just ship your product and just put it out there without having a goal and you get 20 sales in a month, I mean, is that really good or is that really bad? That's, you, you can't really compare if it's, if, if you were going to aim for, if you were going to aim for getting five sales, that's really good. If you're going to aim for a thousand sales, I mean, that's, that's obviously not meeting your expectations. And, I would analyze the amount of work and investment that you've put into this project and see, you know, work out what you need to be making back to make it worth the investment, what what you need to be making each month. And I mean, if it's not something you're necessarily making money with, that wasn't the aim. Like it's a little side project you wanted to, you wanted to work on a new skill or just wanted to work on something and put it out there and, and, you know, give something back for free. Uh, you should still always have a goal of it. So, you know, so many subscriptions to your email, your, you know, free email course or, uh, to get it featured in a, a magazine you admire, you know, something like that. As long as you have some sort of real goal, then you have something to measure it against. But it's, it's far easier to be disappointed with the results if you didn't have a, a goal to aim for in the first place. So if it's not a, a crazy success, then you'll think it was a failure, but it might not have been a failure. It just didn't, you just didn't have a real enough goal to, to measure it against. I guess I've been a bit scared of setting specific um, launch goals because say that I did say I want to get 100 sales in the first month. Uh If I only got 20 sales, then I could beat myself up and think my launch has been a failure when in fact it hasn't because, hey, you've made money. Mm -hmm. But I, I did that with my email course. I have a little, um, owl shaped chalkboard on my kitchen and I wrote I knew how many sales I wanted to make I wrote 62 on it uh-huh. and every time I made another sale I like wrote the number of sales next to that 62 that's great and then well by the end of my email course by the day that my email course closed I literally had 62 people signed up to the course how weird no is way. that uh, it's bizarre yeah. did you go out and do the lottery so- afterwards no, I should have done though. But on the flip side with my, like, I do consider that a good launch for me because I met my goal. But on the flip side with Insurance by Jack, I didn't set goals and um, I launched and it took me three weeks to sell my first policy. Was mm-hmm. that a failure? Uh, well, yeah, I consider it a pretty crappy launch, but 
then again, buying insurance is very different to, you know, buying a little email course where you want to to learn photography. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's why a lot of people don't set goals is because they're afraid of kind of facing this, not realization, but thinking, mm, that tanks, that was a failure when it mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily a failure. Yeah. And you don't have to set unrealistic goals. I, I think you should, you should pick something that you think, okay, I can, I can achieve this. And uh, whether it's number of sales or whether it's something less, you know, real, if it's something like get featured by, by a, or get somebody I admire to tweet that they like it, you know, some, some goals like that. I mean, they can also be valuable. It just doesn't have to be, okay, if I, if I aimed for 62 sales and I got 58, I mean, the project's not a failure. I mean, that's, it's hard whenever you put real numbers on it, but it's also helpful to have some sort of realistic goal in there. I totally agree. Now, earlier you mentioned um, kind of in the pre-launch phase, um, speaking to people and kind of doing your market research. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I definitely found out what happens after you ship is that actually that's when you're going to get the real feedback. So you might have done your research beforehand and you might have talked to your target market and got all of the answers that you thought you needed to ship. But I found that, well, people are actually being really polite and they don't want to hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. So when conducting market research in the build up to launch, you won't, you, you don't often get the answers you're looking for. You only get that after your launch when the real people are interacting with your product. Because I think with us being small um, businesses with us working for ourselves we usually just turn to our friends and say hey what do you think of this or will you use this and you know give me some feedback and our friends are probably not going to want to hurt our feelings they're going to want to be polite I launched Insurance by Jack on stage at a technology conference in front of a couple of hundreds of people and I was immediately immediately met with feedback that I had never been confronted with at all during the development phase. Mm -hmm. So I truly believe that you'll only discover the truth about your product or your service after you ship. That's when the real meaty feedback happens. And again, that's why it's really important to just get a tiny product product out there as soon as possible and ship quickly because that's when you'll get the real feedback. Have you found that too? Yeah, especially when you're designing uh, applications uh, like things that people people use you can do a lot of user testing uh, in you know internally and but once you once you put it out there and get people who have never heard anything about the project before once they start using it you'll get the real first impressions and they'll go you know oh, this is completely uh, this is completely not clear what what this app does and then then you have to think about, oh yeah, I knew what the app did because I've been working on it for months, but maybe I've really, I've really not been able to, to solve one simple uh, aspect of the app. I mean, it's a real, yeah, you really get the real results uh, of how people think and how people really work with your product once it's, once it's out there and yeah, once you've actually launched it. So it's important to actually ship something, uh, but it's more important to, to learn from the reactions and and learn from how people are actually using your product and what's what's the good things what's the stuff they like about it and what's the stuff there that they think could be could improve on it and i mean they're not always correct as well i mean a lot of people might request certain features but they're not thinking of the 
the bigger picture. And if you added in those features, then your whole, the whole business model would change, you know, things like that. So you, you have to consider all of the feedback and weigh it up against the, you know, the, the goals that you're setting for, for this app or course or whatever your, your product may be. Yeah. You, you see your product completely different to how everybody else sees it. Cause you're kind of blinded by the fact that it's yours and you've been with it from day one. Yeah. Made out of nothing. So I, I have another point, but we did, we've kind of talked about this, but mm-hmm. it's really just to expect after you launch is to be prepared for the fact that it might be a bit of a slow burner. The the growth may happen very slowly. And, yeah. you know, going back to these articles that I read in the morning, which heavily focus on, you know, acquisition stories or successful growth hacks or whatever, it can be really easy to get swept up in that and to assume that if things are actually progressing slower for you, that it means you're a failure. And that is how I felt in the first month of launching my business, because it did take me that those three weeks to sell my first policy. And it took me five months to be able to pay for my mortgage. But I had a conversation in London last week with a guy who runs a massive business that turns over £29 million a year, which is Mm -hmm. crazy. And I said to him that I feel like things haven't moved as quickly as I'd have liked with my insurance business and that it's been a year now. And he said, he was like, Ashley, if you made money last month, and it doesn't matter if it's £10 or £1,000, but if someone paid you for your service, you have a market. And and then he admitted that it took him three and a half years before he drew a wage. But we forget about that side of it. Mm-hmm. We for, yeah. we forget about that. Yeah, I mean, you don't hear the you often don't hear the, the the behind the scenes stuff, and you only hear about these crazy acquisitions and little companies being bought by Twitter for for billions. And I mean, you only hear about the success stories, and you don't hear about you don't hear about how they got to that success state and and you don't hear about all the hard work that went into it and that it took a year or two years or 10 years before it was, before it was a really successful product. So it's hard to measure yourself, your own products against that because you're only hearing about this, the overnight, overnight successes. Absolutely. And just look at, just look at Pixar, for example. Um, I watched, what was it called? The Pixar story, which is a documentary about Pixar. And there was a Steve Jobs quote that really jumps out at me where he said like Pixar seen by so many people as an overnight success but if you actually look really closely most overnight successes took a long time and I think that's what I really want to highlight with this point you know our culture has this fixation on instant overnight successes so everything else in comparison to that can sometimes seem a failure and, and and even cause us to give up too easily or abandon our ideas prematurely. So that's something that I want people to be really aware of after they ship. Yeah, it, it, it could it could be a slow burner. It doesn't mean it's a failure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the other the other option is, uh, I mean, it could be quite successful in say you have a goal of 100 sales and you hit 500 sales. I mean, that then you've got something that's that you see is clearly working, but there's also the danger that you'll sit back and relax. I mean, if you've exploded past your targets and people are raving about your product, don't be resting on your laurels and double your goal for, for next month and, and, you know, really find out more uh, what's wrong with your product and get iterating on it and improving it. And 
work harder because you see, okay, there is something really here. It's there is something successful. I mean, if you've got a a successful product on your hands, then the competition are going to notice that and they're going to quickly catch up to where where you are and to offer the same thing. And they're going to jump on your bandwagon. So you need to start sprinting way ahead so that you make use of that head start and really, really start working. If you see that there is a, if it, there's a clear successful part of your, of your product and people are really relating to it and, and using it, then you need to double down on it and really start, start working on it and iterating on it to what can you make it better? It's not the time to be sitting back and, you know, counting the money that's coming in. You really need to, yeah, start sprinting. Totally. I think that's a nice note to end on. Launches aren't all champagne and party poppers. And I think we've discussed the real side to what happens after you ship. You've been listening to the Working Out podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Working Out Show. And you can check out all of our past episodes, all 43 of them. This is number 44. So you can check out all of our back catalogue of episodes on workingoutpodcast.com. And if you have an idea for a future episode or you want to join our Slack chat room, you can send us an email, info at workingoutpodcast.com. See you next time. Bye.